Ladies and gentlemen, what can I say? Oh my word! Hypnotist, TV star, radio presenter, author. I mean, it's come a long way since Radio Top Shop. Hello, Paul McKenna. Hello, Pete. Yes, uh, it does seem like it was forever ago. But you must have been one of the revolutionaries in in-house radio in, in the stores. Yes, uh, this would be in the 1970s. Um, uh, and I was a kid, you know, I, I started working on a Saturday. Uh, it was great, you know, playing records in a fashion store. Uh, and then, you know, it became the norm to have in-store radio uh, and promotions and things like that. But yeah, that's how my career started when I was a teenager. Well, you certainly moved along. <laughs> You're an author, a very prolific author, but you've got a new book out, Freedom uh, from Anxiety, and you're coming to Liverpool on the 16th of March. Paul, let's start at the beginning. You were very prevalent within the radio industry, weren't you? And you've worked a lot of places. Yeah, I, I mean, at one stage, that's all I wanted to do. And then one day I, I went to interview when I was working in local radio, I went to interview the local hypnotist and I'd had a bad day. I had broken up with my girlfriend around my boss. The people in the apartment where I lived were keeping me up. Now I arrived and the, the hypnotist said to me, look, rather than me explaining it to me, to, to you, let me do it to you. You need some hypnotherapy. I said, knock yourself out. I was benevolently skeptical. Anyway, I sat back. I relaxed, all my burdens lifted. I could suddenly think clearly. I felt euphoric. And what felt like had been two or three minutes was about half an hour. And so when I opened my eyes, I said, right, I'm borrowing a book from you on this. And I started reading it. And I suppose one of those things where it just fascinated me and I could sort of see how it worked pretty quickly. And then, you know, I'd be at a party and I'd say, oh, I'm learning hypnosis. And someone would say, oh, well, you won't be able to hypnotize me. And I'd say, well, shall we find out? And I'd help them up dancing like a ballerina or, you know, um, uh, shouting out daft things. So originally I did it for entertainment. And then I got much more interested in how it could be used uh, as a form of therapy. And, you know, so I... I suppose um, about so 25 years ago, I thought I'll write a book about um, how you can change your life using you know, modern psychological techniques. It was this massive hit. So I, I sort of went through you know, several incarnations, several different, uh, I reinvented myself really without actually formally thinking I'm gonna do that. I just got interested in, in one thing, then interested in another and interested in another. First person I ever worked with, my cabaret day, was a Fagans in Manchester with Edwin Starr. Edwin Starr, the um, was it the, the singer Eye to Eye Contact, wasn't it? Edwin Heath. Beg your pardon, Edwin Heath. Oh, Edwin Heath. Sorry, Edwin Heath. Yeah, no, do you know I never met Edwin Heath. He was like one of the the uh, the old school kind of guys. I mean, the thing is that the stage hypnosis became really popular in the sort of 1940s and so there were a number of people who started doing it you know right up until but by the when I time I got started in the 80s um there were lots of stage performers and then by the 90s I was on television and so suddenly stage hypnosis became hugely popular and uh you know there there, there were stage shows taking place all over the country I mean I haven't I haven't done one for more than 20 years now but um back in the day back in the 90s I, I used to love it well, you were huge on television, weren't you? Uh, the hypnotic world of uh, Paul McKenna. You were huge. 
Yeah, it was, um, do you know, it was the most, one in one year, I think it was 90, 93, it was the most watched entertainment show of that whole year. It became um, a phenomenon um, because, you see, hypnotism hadn't been allowed on television uh, because people were worried, the authorities were worried that people would get hypnotised through the screen. But um, eventually, uh, the this TV producer that I work with found a way around the regulations and we were able to make a show and 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 you know I suppose what it was was because it was it was fascinating to people to see these people who are just regular people suddenly become very very funny do daft things and that sort of stuff so you had this sort of one level of just pure comedy but there was also this slightly air a slight air of mystery because hypnosis was was considered a little bit of a dark art in those days now tell me i can't be hypnotized i actually went to i didn't want to be hypnotized on stage but i wanted to be hypnotized i had a problem years ago and they said we'll yep. try hypnosis and i went to a professional hypnotist and, and I went to see him and he said, you can't be hypnotized. Is that fact? Can people yeah. not be hypnotized? No, he, he, he just what he meant was he couldn't hypnotize you. I have oh. never found, <laughs> I have never, ever found anyone that can't be hypnotized. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't found people who can't be cured of things, but I can count on one hand the people I have not been able to cure in the last 25 years. And, and so I think, you know, years ago, um, um, hypnosis wasn't very sophisticated and so you had people who really were like one trick ponies and if they couldn't get you into a trance they assumed they couldn't cure you you know nowadays it's become a very sophisticated uh it's, it's its own sort of um psychological technology these days as so a modern hypnosis is used not just by therapists like myself but also by any professional speaker you know um so politicians salespeople, those sorts of people they they learn um, techniques that a hypnotist would use in order to make their communication more streamlined and more persuasive. What will people expect because you've moved on from there? Or do you talk about hypnosis when you are on tour? I mean, you're doing a, um, a tour in this country. You're coming to Liverpool uh, on the 16th of March, the University of Kong um, Auditorium. What, what will they expect? Well, you, what it's like, it's like a 90-minute coaching experience, right? So, so basically... Um, the idea that the, the title is instant confidence. So all the techniques are about becoming more confident, more resilient, more motivated. So I'll start by saying uh, who here is frightened of public speaking and loads of hands go up. And I'll say, would somebody come and join me on the stage? And somebody nervously, very nervously will come down minutes later, boom. Their fear's gone. They can talk to the audience like they're talking to a group of friends. And so what I do this, I then say to the rest of the audience, now, you saw what I just did with this person here. Let's all use that technique, shall we, to think about something that frightens us, overwhelms us, so we can suddenly feel strong, confident, and full of self-belief. And then I'll do another technique, another technique. And the, and the things I, I, I actually hypnotize the entire audience to think about a better future, to feel optimistic and confident and motivated so everyone leaves on a bit of a high actually of course you know i i meet everybody do pictures with everybody but um the way i look at it is if you give somebody a fish they eat for a day if you teach someone to fish they eat for life so i want people to be able to go away with a handful of techniques that they can use Anytime they need to, if they're talking in front of a group or if they need more confidence in social situations or when they're dating or anywhere, you know, anywhere in life, because you're just more likely to have a happier life if you feel confident. You're more likely to get the sort of things that you want if you're confident. 
I'm talking to Paul McKenna um, about the book, about the tour. I've got to ask, what type of people come to see you? What age group come to see you? Well, um, do you know it, the the, uh, the shows that you know the, the, it tends to be people of all ages and also all kinds of backgrounds. You know, so you you have a mix of people who are you know regular sort of working class people doing jobs like you know driving a lorry, an accountant, a teacher, something like that. But then you also have um, you know people who are psychologists or coaches or hypnotherapists themselves who want to you know learn some new techniques and and see how it is that I do it. But um, it's a very varied um, age range. Uh, and and always has been, you know. So you have young people who find it all completely fascinating and 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 extraordinary, and these are older people who've probably read a few self help books that are interested in the sort of things I do. How many self help books have you written? I think it's more than twenty now. I've I've I really should count them. It's 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 in excess of twenty. Yeah. Do you find it difficult to find? Uh, for instance, the new book, which is out, uh, came out recently, uh, Freedom from Anxiety. Do you find it difficult to find things to write about? Well, you know, I, I haven't really until just recently in the last couple of years. And really, I'd stopped writing. But because during the pandemic, I was continually doing radio and television interviews and and stuff in newspapers. And they all wanted the same sort of thing. They all wanted more positivity. They wanted they wanted confidence, motivation, resilience, those sorts of things. And so I did a book last year, which absolutely smashed. It went ballistic. And the big problem we have right now is anxiety. And so um, it was suggested, my agent actually said, you need to write about this. And I thought, you know, I haven't written on that subject. I've written about confidence. I've written about stress, but I've never really gone at anxiety. And particularly with all the modern techniques that we've got right now, we've got a whole load of techniques that are really good for dealing with anxiety. And so the the process is, you know, I sit and I think to myself, if somebody was here in front of me and I was working with them and they were anxious, how would I help them? I would explain this, I would do this technique or I would do that. And the, the great thing is, is my books all come with audio downloads. So what you do is you put a you know, pin code into the Internet and it downloads 18 techniques onto your phone. So you've then got me on tap 24 hours a day. And I made a trance that goes with this book that's not like any other trance I've made. And I tell you what, um, it's 35 minutes long. There's not a chance on this earth if you're an anxious person. At the end of that, you'll still be able to feel anxious. I mean, sure, you might be able to get yourself anxious at some later date, but it will fundamentally alter the the uh, default setting of your anxiety and make you a calmer, more resilient, more confident person. So did you in the pandemic, because of who you are and what you do with all these self-help books, did you not suffer at all or have any problems? Well, uh, no, no, actually, um, I, I'm, I'm a fairly optimistic person, but there were days, you know, when I would feel a bit anxious or have a feeling of foreboding or, you know, worry about things. Um, because I think, frankly, if you didn't, there'd be something wrong, you know, because uh, the world has been going through these extraordinary changes. So um, if people if people hadn't felt some anxiety, there'd definitely be something up. The thing is, you just don't want to live in it. Right. So um, if all of your thinking is taken up with worries and concerns and catastrophes and stuff like that, there's no bandwidth left in your thinking for the good stuff, for feeling joyful and optimistic and creative and those sorts of things. So the idea is, is that it's not that you never, ever feel any worry or fear again. It's just that you predominantly feel really good. And only if there's a, a, you know, a good reason should you feel anxious.
Paul, was it success that moved you to America? Yeah, I mean, I'd always wanted to work in America. And I, what happened was I went out in the midnight, as soon as I'd had a big TV hit here in the 90s, the next thing obviously was to go to America. And I did a show and then the then president of ABC uh, decided that um, he thought my sort of show wasn't in good taste, you know, making people do daft things through hypnosis. And so took us off the air. My, how times have changed. Um, but so then I went to Broadway for a while. And then eventually I went back to live in Los Angeles and I did self-improvement TV. And because America, you know, likes all sorts of aspirational TV shows. So um, I did that. I lived there for 10 years and I, you know, I basically I was part of the British invasion. You know, we in the same way we invaded musically in the 60s with the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, you know, the Who, etc. In the sort of beginning of the the noughties, we invaded in television in terms of, you know, you'd see people like Simon Cowell and Gordon Ramsay and all these sorts of people, you know, fronting TV shows with British formats. So it was lots of us in front of the camera and also the people behind the camera. So we had a, a British invasion of American television uh, in the early noughties. Tell me, do your books become crutches for people? Well, they're not meant to be. They're meant to be um, a sort of an, uh, to a system to usually do two things, to either solve a problem. So once they've quit smoking, once they've lost weight or once they've become confident, they don't need me anymore. However, if they're having a bad day, you know, they just you know pop on one of the techniques that they've downloaded onto their phone. Uh, the other type of book I write is an aspirational one. So it'll be called like Change Your Life in Seven Days or the three things that will change your destiny today. So these are things that are helping people to, de- to design a much better life than they already have. Do you find as you get older that you're getting even more knowledgeable about it because your mind must be like a huge encyclopedia? Well, it's true. I do know a lot more than when I started, Pete. You know, I mean, there's no doubt because I've, I've worked with thousands of people. I'm, I'm a quite a compulsive person. So I'm always reading and studying about um, the subject that I'm fascinated by. But the other thing I'm aware of is, you know, I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers, you know, and I have problems and challenges because that's kind of how you learn and grow in life. But um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I teach hypnotherapy. Now, at the moment, I'm teaching 1300 hypnotherapists online every week. And uh, right now, there's never been a better time to be a hypnotherapist because, you know, there are so many people with problems, particularly things like anxiety, etc. And clearly, the best approach to treating these is hypnotherapy. So, so I, I'm, I'm actively involved in putting what I've learned over the last 35 years into practice into teaching other people. Does it feel like 35 years? <laughs> you know, sometimes I've got to tell you the 1980s feels like yesterday to me. And it's the weirdest thing. And then other times it feels like a lifetime ago. But I do get this feeling very often of like, crikey. I mean, where's it gone? You know, I mean, literally it happens so fast, you know, and I'm hoping the next 35 years are as exciting as the last ones. How do medical people feel about you? Well, at first, there was a lot of scepticism about anyone who'd been a stage performer. And also there was about hypnosis. It was considered some sort of very fringe, you know, um, sort of unusual treatment. But um, there were a few doctors that did it. But 
now it's totally mainstream. It's widely accepted um, in medicine and psychology as as a, as a as an excellent treatment. It's for example, it's the number one way in the world to quit smoking. It's really really effective in things like weight loss. But in recent years, um, where it's become very popular is in the treatment of anything to do with stress, anxiety, post traumatic stress, you know, PTSD, these sorts of things. And so it's um it's developed much more and become. It's, it's a field in itself, you know, whereas before it was always seen as this sort of adjunct of psychology. But now hypnotherapy is a field in its own right. Now, it's interesting you say about it, how it's helped people uh, over smoking uh, and the problems with that. Has it moved on now to vaping? Well, you know, vaping does work for some people, but um, uh, according to the recent research, hypnotherapy still remains the, the most successful way in the world to quit smoking. But do you teach people now to stop using vape? vape oh, yes, you could do. I mean, yes, you're right. Usually what people do is they use the vape as a halfway house or they'll, you know, use the gum or their patches or whatever. These things that are help them wean themselves off cigarettes because cigarette, cigarettes are physically addictive, but they're also a habit. You know, so people, instead of doing things with their hands, you know, holding a cigarette, they they change those behaviors. But, you know, I'm I. I think everybody changes differently. Some people, you know, they just bam, one day they go, that's it. I'm never doing that again. And that's it. They change in, in that moment, in that day. Other people are more incremental. You know, they they want to sort of do it a little bit at a time, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, you know, so uh, as a therapist, you find out how, you know, you think somebody's going to respond best and sort of tailor it for them. I'm talking to Paul McKenna, who is on tour and coming to Liverpool on the 16th of March. Got a new book out. Now, this sounds like a stupid question, but I want to ask it because of the title. The title of the book is called Freedom from Anxiety. But when people have used the book and read the book, what do you want them to take from that apart from the title? Well, they'll, they, what they'll be able to do is they'll be able to switch off the fear the worry, the overwhelm, the concern, the catastrophizing in their thinking. And they'll be able to very quickly become peaceful, become focused, become resilient. So that instead of feeling overwhelmed by life and almost under attack, they feel much more in charge of their own destiny. So sure, there'll still be things that concern them or that from time to time make them you know, worry a bit, but they're not overwhelmed by it. They feel much more in control of their thinking and their feelings. And also more of their thoughts and feelings will be positive, will be ones that uplift them and make them feel really good. That was the fabulous Paul McKenna. What a journey to have come from Top Shop Radio, oh my word, to where he is today. On tour, 16th of March, coming to Liverpool, a new book out called The Freedom from Anxiety. It was a pleasure to spend some time with Paul McKenna on Pete Price's podcast. <laughs>